Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Black Buffalo products are intended for adults age 21 and older who are consumers of nicotine or tobacco. If you're an adult age 21 and older and use nicotine or tobacco, I want to tell you about Black Buffalo's award-winning nicotine pouches. What are they made of? Cured edible green leaves, food-grade ingredients, and pharmaceutical-grade nicotine. No tobacco leaf or stem. So if you're 21 and older, consume nicotine or tobacco and want to join the Black Buffalo herd, head over to blackbuffalo.com to learn more. You can order nicotine pouches online and they ship directly to most states. Or check out their store locator to purchase pouches at thousands of retail locations around the country. Black Buffalo Tobacco Alternative. Bold flavor, full pouches. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, love at first, first listen. listen. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Volume. going on y'all welcome in welcome in to a brand new episode of snaps happy new year's eve everyone i hope you're having a great day i uh, hope you got a great day planned let's go have ourselves fun last time we're gonna be doing this in 2023 uh yeah it's supposed to be 2024 like something out of a sci-fi Ooh. movie we've Finally made it. Uh, I'm T. By Maver. He's Aaron Murray. This is Snaps. YouTube.com slash at Volume Snaps. Hit the like button. Subscribe. 11.9. Hell yes. Mm. Almost up to 12K, boys. We're looking for 12.5 by the Natty. Let's go. Um, today, we're going to do. Here, here's what we got on the docket today. We're going to talk UGA, FSU to start. And some of Kirby's comments. Ole Miss, Penn State. Ohio State, Zoo. And maybe some thoughts on Maryland and Auburn. And then if we have any final college football playoff thoughts, we get to that as well. As always, want to hear from you in the chat and we'll be getting to your comments also. Aaron, what's up, man? How we feeling? Uh, how we feeling today? Good. What's up? Uh, down in Miami, last couple of hours before we head back to Atlanta. And uh, we were we were on the fence yesterday of going to, to the game and uh, <laughs> ended up not going. We went yeah, to smart. Movie. Yeah, we went, we went to some... Uh, God, what was the movie? Some chick flick at about one o'clock. It ended perfectly to the start of the Georgia game. So I was able to get back to the hotel, watch the game before we went to dinner. So that was nice. And uh, my wife just kept looking up like, there's no way in hell I would have enjoyed that football game. No. So I was like, yeah, it's like, that's why we didn't go. I knew it was going to be a blowout. So uh, ended up being a good day. Got all the, all, got all the games in while also spending some quality time with her. You're on a little vacay in Miami. So uh, yeah, good, a good weekend of football. 
Okay. Um, chat, chat, we're not even five minutes in the show and you're already out of line. Like, I know that we have a lot of Georgia Bulldog fans that listen to this, but if you are trying to flex over, like, what the fuck did you learn yesterday as a Bulldog fan? Like, did you not think that you could already smash Florida State's second and third string? I mean, that's what you did. Sometimes even fourth string because the third string guy transferred. Like, like what the fuck are we talking? There's all these comments like, MSU, Fantag, like, you know, what are y'all talking? Like, that, that yesterday's game, let's be completely clear, clear about this. Yesterday's game was a waste of time for everybody involved. Yeah. Aaron, Aaron yeah. didn't even go. Yes, it, yeah. it, it meant nothing. It proved nothing to Georgia. Well, and even Kirby it, knew that too. Even Kirby yeah. knew it too. I mean, yeah. I don't know if we had the audio from that, but I mean, I'm sure we're going to get to like Kirby. Kirby's statements after the game was was for 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 essentially a shot at all of college football. Like, what what the hell are we doing here? So, like, okay, what, so what are we truly doing when this team is 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 playing with with half their roster? Like, college football needs to change. That that was a pointless game yesterday. So here's the exact quote, and then let's talk about it. Uh, quote, people need to see what happened tonight, and they need to fix this. It needs to be fixed. It's really unfortunate for those kids on that sideline. They had to play in that game. They didn't have their full arsenal. It affected the game 100%. Yeah, I mean, beyond affected the game, it was the game. Um, yeah. So I agree with Kirby. Last night, uh, like I said, was a waste of time yesterday afternoon mm -hmm. and unfair for everybody involved. Unfair for George as well, because these are NFL players exposing themselves to injury risk for, for what reason? To go through the motion so that somebody can collect the money that's generated by a bowl game? Um, the problem is, what do you fix? What do you fix? I think, what, I think like, there's a because the whole thing was they got left out of the playoff. Yeah, if no, I know. And, and that, that's a worry. He would be playing. And Kirby said, like, like, it's not going to change. It's not going to change next year because all of a sudden we have we have more playoff games. There's still like a, the college football. He said, I think he said it well. Like he didn't he didn't have a solution, but he just he kind of hit the problem. Like college football needs to make a decision. Do you give a damn about bowl games? Because it's only going to get worse with an extended playoff. Because there's going to be more playoff games earlier on. Obviously, more of a focus from a fan standpoint of watching those games, what those games mean compared to the rest. So, I, you 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 kind of season's been awesome though. No, it has been. I think the games have been great, but I think some of the bigger games like you have seen, like there's been a a, a huge difference of what a team looks like because of certain talent that's not there. The calendar is a mess. Like I think we both agree, like, the calendar has really affected this because there are players that should be playing their final game with their university before hitting the transfer portal. There's one in the playoffs that won't be playing them all for Texas yeah. and, and their backup quarterback That's fair. that that had to make the decision that we need to hit the portal now because it, it closes on January 3rd. So like, we can't wait till after our team plays. Florida State has some guys not in the portal. Obviously, Georgia has guys in the portal. Ohio State the other night. I mean, watching that game, and we'll get into that here in a little bit, but you know, watching that offense – who was a shell of themselves from what they were the season. I'm not saying they were a great offense by any means, but to get three points because your quarterback had to hit the portal, your receiver opted out, had a couple other guys opt out and, and or transferred to, to different locations. Like, like to me, that's another thing too for Ohio State fans watching that game saying, like, why are we watching this game when we know all of our talent that was based on this year's team is elsewhere or opting out to get ready for the NFL? Yeah, so the portal thing can be solved with a calendar change, right? Yes. Um, and the playoff thing, in theory, 
is solved because you will never have a candidate with such a strong case like FSU gets snubbed again. You know what I'm saying? Yep. Like, mm-hmm. even though there will be a fan base that's like number 12 or 13 that's like, ah, oh, we should be in. Everybody's gonna be like, well, you have three losses. This team has three losses. Like, shut the fuck up. You're not yep. going to, like, nobody's going to believe that you deserve to be there necessarily. Um, but, but this does speak uh, to something larger in general, right? Which is a lot of the power players, the movers and shakers of college football seem to be um, intimating that change is coming, that big change is coming. Uh, I, I don't know when, but after Kirby's comments and him feeling calm enough to say stuff like that, uh, it feels a bit like we're having more and, and more coaches and, make comments, though. I think that's a big move, too. Like you had the Chip Kelly comments from a couple weeks ago from UCLA. Yeah. Obviously, Har- Harbaugh's made some comments about you know certain aspects, especially when it comes to, to, to revenue split with the players. Now you have Kirby Smart making a statement. Um, I mean, there's numerous high-profile coaches that are now kind of getting it out there to the world, their feelings about how the system's being run, how we feel like it could be better for, for the university, for the players, for us, for college football in general. Like, like it's, it's crazy because college football was great this year. It was terrific. Like, I think we can agree, like, this was a really fun season, and college yeah. football's in a decent spot right now. Like, it's not dying by any means. But there are still major holes that, that it could be even better. And I think that's exciting. Like college football could be a lot better than what it even is right now. But changes do need to be made because this is this has been a fun bowl season, don't get me wrong, but it still could be a lot better. And yesterday's game is the perfect example of why it could be better. Like that should not have been a, a, a one of the most historic yeah, but, bowl games. But, the orange no, bowl should but, not be sixty-three to three. That yeah, game should yeah, not be sixty-three to three. No, no, you're right. You're right. But again, this is a unique instance. Like we've never like, yeah, the portal affected this because instead of the second string playing a lot of times, maybe you're down to like third and fourth string, but like the starters left because they got fucked by Pooh Corgan yeah. and this DFP. Um, and if you think that this proves anything about the playoff committee's original selection, like if you just think Bama should have been in originally, right? And you just think they're better just off the jump. I disagree, but that's okay. Like you, you have a valid argument there, right? That's why they got selected. If you try to extend that into using yesterday's game as a platform to launch into, and I told you so shut the fuck up. You're being Mm -hmm. dumb and you're being intellectually dishonest. That team yesterday was in no way at all, not even 5% representative Mm-mm. of the Florida State team that went undefeated. And you may say, well, that's the whole point. Team open Jordan without Jordan Travis, Florida State wasn't Florida State either. And again, that's fine as a conversation for why you put Alabama in. I mean, that's written into the CFP rules. They're allowed to do that. I think it's unfair, mm-hmm. but that, that's all fine and well. But just missing Jordan Travis versus missing your entire roster are two completely different yep. things. So do not be one of those room temperature IQ dummies who's walking around saying, looks like the playoff committee, get it right. Because it proved nothing. Uh, yesterday proved nothing in that regard. And, and, I, and I also don't like the whole, the culture thing too, because I think Norville is building a pretty damn good culture there at Florida State. Yeah. I think this, yeah. Is just, this, this is just, this is just the fact that Florida State has a lot of first-round talent that that those guys are one. I mean, sure they're they're upset that on the playoffs, but they're making a business decision. Hey, we're first-round talent, and we're not. Yeah, gonna but play they would have played if they they would have played in the playoffs, bro. Exactly, it's but not they would have played in the game if it was a playoff they, game. 
they, they, what happened to Florida State, people don't appreciate this. I don't know if FSU ever comes back from this. This is that I, I saw this firsthand when we lost mm -hmm. that natty in 2011. And that was just getting your ass kicked. That wasn't getting fucked over. Like every, the, it, it shattered the less miles tenure at LSU. All the players left. All the young guys left for the league early. They never got back. There was a black pall over the program. Mm -hmm. They could never shake. Like good. So you're telling me you're telling me you think you're telling me you think there's a bad culture there at Florida State. No, no, no. I think no, these guys, LSU, these guys, no. these guys that opted out would have been going to the NFL regardless if they played in the playoffs or not. I think the culture yes, is fine. Yeah. I think they're. I think the I way they've recruited, that. the way they they the, the belief for Novell of, of using the portal to get key pieces. I think this is a team that's gonna that's on the rise right now. Like I don't think Florida State falls off the face of the earth next I year. I am not. I I hope not. I'm not. I never said bad culture. But they had something so tragic. But that's been that's what, but that's what that everyone's saying though is that it's a bad culture. But that's, that's what, what everyone's I mean, saying. Like, oh, Kirby yeah, is a great culture. Novell is a shitty culture. Like, I don't know. That's, that's true what Bulldog enough. fans are saying. And that, and yeah. that's and if I have to hear the announcers jerk off Georgia one time for their players playing in this game when they're probably being paid to play in the game, I'm gonna lose my mind. They're being paid to play in the game, guys. And yet the announcers just want to jerk them off 24-7 for playing football. If you pay me 50K for a bowl game, I'll fucking play too, even if I'm going to the league. Get the hell out of here. And I know they still want to play. Georgia has a great culture, but it was so obnoxious and overwhelming. They just kept talking about it yesterday. Maybe you want to turn off the volume to the game. Well, this, is, this, is, this is the same, this is the same crew. Who remember I talked to you about after the ACC championship game, the entire ACC championship game, yeah. they kept talking about Florida sure. State and how they didn't look good and how Florida State, uh, <laughs> you know, would struggle in the playoffs and all oh, this Florida State offense is just, oh, it's hard to watch. And as I'm watching the Michigan Iowa game and it's about the same damn score and it's a defensive battle and great elite defensive teams getting at it. Yet this Louisville, uh, you know, ACC championship game, Louisville FSU was the worst game that these guys have essentially ever seen. It's the worst offense they've ever seen. It's like they I don't know, man. They just they they uh the Tess and and uh and who was the other guy? Jesse just kind of yeah. have it out for FSU a little bit. And um I think they burn them a little bit in that, that ACC championship well, game because they kind of sent the message yes. that they don't belong. I like Tess more than most, but he loves narratives, right? And he loves to yes. lean into these narratives. And Unfortunately, the game didn't provide him a lot of live narratives yesterday, mm -hmm. so he had to constantly fall back on the refrains that he entered the game with. Um, Drew Swervo Chavez Jr., uh, you lame, T-Bob. You always crying on some lame shit. Shut the fuck up, Drew. Get the hell out of here and take a lap, dude. All right. let, 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 I talked to Sharon about this last night, uh, my wife, over dinner, because you know she was like, man, why was that game so ugly? So obviously I was explaining the whole opt-out thing, and you know, trying to obviously the big issue is how to get guys to be incentivized to play in bowl games, especially big time guys. And and we kind of hit on one thing: like you have to change the calendar, like you have to essentially move the portal to after these games because you you, you just it's hard to fill the roster when when half of your guys are leaving, half your guys are going. If we're going to get to a point T, where you're where where, where players are being compensated directly from the universities are there they are employees mm -hmm. would you feel comfortable then would you be able to then at that point put it into their contract that in order to get paid you have to play in this game obviously uh if you're different but like if you're healthy it part of your contract is hey i signed an x to your contract with this university i'm getting paid x dollars i have to play through the season 
Um, I don't, I don't think like, um, I, I can't answer that. I think, I think the, the, the legal ramifications of becoming employees is like way above my head in terms of what I understand or can speak on. Like, I don't, I don't know all the ancillary effects of that. Uh, I, I'll feel comfortable with the cop-out answer of major change is coming whether or not they're legally deemed employees, I think there will be some sort of a union that negotiates with whatever the new ruling body of college football is, and that there will be something like a CBA in the NFL yeah. where all of these things will be codified. What I hope is that when you do break off, because I fully believe football is going to break off, I hope that we can all just be logical insane and come together yeah, to find ways to be like, okay, you know what? Actually the PAC 12 can come back and basketball can play basketball and, you know, UC, uh, USC can play Oregon state. Like I just hope that we can kind of put that toothpaste back in the tube, but you know, uh, Dobby says the players become employees who regret it. Player controls way more than what they have now. Be careful what we wish for. Yeah, no, absolutely. No, well, I'm no, talking about they're in a bit of a, this is a bit of like a 1849 gold rush situation for the players right now. Yep. Like, like there's no real rules affecting them legally. They have the power and every time they go up against the NCAA and there's just more and more money being shelled out. So it's like, yeah, that's why everybody wants regulation because everybody feels like it's too crazy. If I'm a player, I'm like, fuck that. I don't want any regulation, dude. Keep it, keep it like it is now because you're maximizing. Well, you don't, you do, but you don't. But like, if you get, if you do get in, in, the ones that are benefiting are the big time players. Like, let's be sure that like, those guys are the ones making the most money. Those are the guys are the ones that are, are are really benefiting from the use of the transfer pool. Not saying like other guys aren't, but like the big time stars <laughs> are. Like I know a lot of shit pack. players and backups who are getting paid fifty to a hundred k, and then getting lured not at, away. Not at every, not at every university, not at every university. There's even a, there's, you have teams like SMU <laughs> where every single player makes seventy five. That's Texas Tech, Tech. Every single player makes. That, 50. It's not. I'm just saying it's not across the board. It is not uniform that every player is making a ton of money. There is. I would still think because I, I, I still in the belief that this whole NIL thing and the numbers that are being told, especially like with quarterbacks and how much money they're making and how much these offers are is way overblown, way overblown. If you truly want to get players paid and get everyone, not on the equal playing field, because we know there's always going to be side NIL deals. You need, you, you, you need to essentially get those contracts and get paid from the university. Um. So yeah, we'll, we'll see where this all goes. Major change is coming, obviously. Um, it is funny though. Like I, I, I feel what Kirby's saying, but again, like what's what's the solution? I we've maybe talked about a bit of it today. Um, all right. So that was Georgia, which by the way, Georgia looked awesome. And like, of course, yeah. Georgia's second and third strings are way better than Florida State. Georgia has the best roster in the entire country. They have the best culture, arguably, in the entire country. Probably right behind Alabama. Georgia mm -hmm. lost two games in two years. And they're both to Alabama and the SEC championship. So it's like, again, that's why I say nothing was proven. This game was only interesting if could a full-strength FSU hold up to that great Georgia team. Obviously, the FSU roster is not nearly as built out as Georgia's. Mm -hmm. But congrats to Georgia because everybody that played looked like they were locked in, did their job, kicked ass, just like a championship, a champion and a very good team should. So yeah. again... 
it 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 meant it, it, like George did an excellent job. When I say the game meant nothing, I just mean in terms of proving things going forward. But Georgia handled their business like a professional should. So good on Kirby and and the dogs. Um. All right, let's move on. Uh, Ole Miss, Penn State. Ooh. Holy crap. Ole Miss beats Penn State 38-25. What a year. And it wasn't even that close, to be honest. No. But what a year for Lane Kiffin and what a statement heading into the offseason. And, and look, the 38 points is nice, right? Whatever. I don't give a shit. We always knew Ole Miss could put up points. The thing that jumped off the screen yesterday, Ole Miss was the tougher football team. Yep. They were hitting Penn State. They were laying the wood. They were dictating the trenches. They were kicking their ass. And Penn State may not be very skilled. They may not be very good, but they were tough. And I've seen yeah. them look very tough. That's a badass defense. And yet Jackson Dart, he stood up to those hits and then delivered some hits back of his own. Like, that mm -hmm. is and, – and, and that's what I never knew about Ole Miss. Could they be tough? There was always an yep. inherent softness. And that's what I come away with yesterday. That's a tough football team, a good football team, a football team that believes, and one that should get a lot tougher and better when you look at all the defensive talent they've added this offseason. Well, and that was the big issue the whole year for Ole Miss. You go back to the game versus Alabama, you go to the game versus Georgia, and they got dominated the line of scrimmage. And, and, and I'm sure Penn State fans heading into this one, I think there was some some chatter too from some Penn State players that, hey, this is a team that we feel like we can essentially outman, outmuscle the line of scrimmage. Like we can get in there and just throw yeah. them around because when they do play <clears throat> teams that are built more in the interior, the Georgia, the Alabamas, you know, what Penn State has kind of built their team on they kind of crumble. So I think you, you saw a Penn State team or felt a Penn State team that was confident they could take care of business. And I agree with you. Like they, they, and it they looked punched like them early. Drive. Yeah, they did. They punched them early and Ole Miss kind of weathered that early storm and then just got better and better and better, better, better throughout the game. So I, Lane Kiffin has completely won the, the, the month of December has won the month of December. I mean, what he's been able to do yeah. from a recruiting standpoint, from a transfer portal standpoint, to getting 11 wins, um, you know, two seasons out of the past three, which he's had double-digit wins, which has never happened there at Ole Miss. You have this elite transfer court, transfer portal class coming in as well uh, with the energy that's been created. You have Jackson back and Juckins back and some of the receivers back. It, it, what's it like? This is just proving to the point of, Ole Miss should be a 12-team playoff. It should be in the playoffs next year. No doubt about it. Like, I love what Lane's doing right now. Yeah, that was confirmed. I think, and then remember the other day we said, but are they actually a national championship contender? And I was like, well, if it's a scale on the further, like, you know, near the far end of the positive scale, is that they're actually a legitimate contender? That moved a little closer to the middle. Like, that feels yes. more realistic now after watching what they did against Penn State yesterday. Because, again, they won in a way that I think – I mean, think about this, Aaron. First drive, I'm like, oh, shit, I haven't placed any bets. Like, I want to just – well, whatever. Like, I, I want something to have a little juice in the game. So I hop my DraftKings app. And just because Penn State's rattled off a couple of runs, Ole Miss was plus 10 and a half. Plus 10 and a half. So, they, so there was – so to say yesterday that there was a misconception about who Ole Miss was or could be, I think is accurate. And then yep. Ole Miss basically proved who they could be. Uh, what did you think? About where Jackson put, Dart. Oh, go ahead. Well, I, I want to ask you this first. Where, where is Lane in your mind as a coach? Because he's he's obviously Lane is waiting a lot on of the opinions. Alabama job. 
No, 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 no. I'm not asking where he's going. I'm like, what tier is Lane Kiffin? No, that's what I mean. Is he tier um, two? Is he tier two? Well, this Has is he America. gotten to that point? In America, we don't allow you to ever hit tier one unless you win a national championship, which maybe maybe that's accurate, right? Maybe tier one should be that yeah. restrictive. But um, yeah, he's he's you would take like line up all the coaches that have not won natties, you would take Lane in the same boat as you would any other one. Brian Kelly, anybody. Yeah. So yes, tier two, but you can't be tier one until you win a natty. I mean, he's taking an Ole Miss program that had never won 10 games in the regular season in its 120 year history. And he's now done it twice in the last two years. And more impressively, or excuse me, twice the last three years. And more impressively, um, two different quarterbacks, yeah. right? But after doing it with Matt Corral, then it looked like, oh, okay, it was just a classic one-hit wonder. Flash in the pan, everything came together because the next season they start 7-0, and and then they end by losing like five or six in a row, and it was yeah. awful. Wheels came completely off. To immediately stop that bad momentum, flip it around, and then put together an 11-2 and two year, again, 11 wins, something Ole Miss had never done ever. That's yeah. I mean, what more does he need to prove? Dude? Well, I think yeah, I think he, he's, he's he's learning, and I've had a couple of games and I've talked to him about this. Like he's learning how to balance building a roster the non traditional way because he's never going to be able to build a roster like Georgia Alabama when it comes to yeah. high school recruiting. Yeah, for like, sure. Ole Miss is never going to have. I say never, but you never know. But it, it, it's going to be rare for them to get consistent top ten recruiting classes through the high school ranks. So Lane is kind of as tested the waters more, maybe more than anyone besides maybe Dion of how to build a roster through the portal. And it's a lot of figuring out. And, and I, uh, every time I talk to him, it's all about culture, culture, trying to build that culture. We just talked about with Georgia. Yeah. And FSU. Oh. How do I build that culture with a bunch of guys that aren't 18 year old that have been in a different system that have been in a different culture. And it's a lot of work. He's like, man, it's a lot of talking to former high school coaches. It's a talking to other coaches in the industry that have maybe worked with those players. Obviously talking to mom and dad. Like it's, it's, it's in maybe even a, a more uh, in-depth process because these kids are more molded than just grabbing a 17, 18 year old kid and bringing them in and just saying, this is what we do. Learn it now. Um, so I think he's done a great job, but it wasn't going to be perfect at first. And I think he's kind of found his rhythm a little bit. I still wonder. I still do wonder. Mm, like next year's team. Ah, there's just, a, there's just a volatility there. When you're bringing in a bunch of superstars that are getting paid, but you're still trying to get him to work, like, well, this is the next level. And, and, he's brought, in, he's brought in talent. He's brought yeah. in talent, and he's shown he can make it work through the portal. Can you now be the Yankees and bring in not only just just talent, but elite talent, and make all those guys kind of believe? And I think I do think a win like this and getting to eleven wins it sells a does lot. A, it yeah. sells a yeah. lot. So like this yeah. is this is our culture. Look what it did without you. Imagine what it can do with you in our program. Yeah. So now you got Princely, Mian Mielin coming in. You got Walter Nolan. Uh, Jake was pointing this out the other day. It's it's really, though, also about the guys that are returning. The the, the yes. Judkins, the Trey Harris, the Jackson the Dart. Darts. What did you think of Jackson Dart's play yesterday? Uh, I thought it was awesome. I don't yeah. know how I missed this. It's probably on me, but I never knew he did that eye black for Anakin Skywalker. So oh, obviously now. Big fan I, now. Yeah, so obviously now Dart's gone up multiple levels in my book. Shout out. But um, and he looks like Anakin. Like he has the fucking yeah. hair and the facial structure, actually. Um 
What did you think about Dart? Like quarterback? I love Dart. I love Dart. I love Dart. No, but no, I'm just saying, like, 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 I'm saying, did you learn anything new yesterday? No, 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 no. no. He's he's the same guy that I saw two years ago, and obviously the consistency wasn't there two years ago. But you could just tell by watching, like, man, this kid's got it. Which is still one of the things that, like, you know, I talked to you about this of the head scratcher of why did you bring Sanders in this offseason when you do have this raw talent kid you know, highly recruited to USC, it transferred mm-hmm. over, has the arm, has the accuracy, has the athleticism to kind of get in and outside the pocket and and, and, and be a weapon with, with his legs. I, I, I think to me, the confidence is, is what you saw yesterday. Penn State yeah. was what the number one Very defense in confident. the country. Yeah. Number one defense in the country. And he shredded them, shredded them. Again, Aaron Murray told you all year long that Penn State was a paper lion. And mm-hmm. uh, well, look, he ended up being exactly right. Um, and to flip it to Penn state, James Franklin just murders OCs murders quarterbacks like happy Valley. It's, it's the elephant graveyard of offensive coordinators. You can, I can, it's exactly what we said earlier in the year. You can still see it. Drew Aller is fucking terrified of making a mistake. And then, and then the one time he finally (laughs) tries to pull it, he has, he's, which ends up costing him, and then he throws like one of the nastiest, ugliest picks ever. Now I know the ball got hit, but like, but 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 he just he, he showed me some athleticism yesterday, though. Though like I didn't know he was like that athletic. There were a couple times where he pulled it in, where I was like, okay. And a couple of throws he made where you can see like the young quarterback is gaining a little confidence himself. But it's it's going to be an interesting offseason for Penn State because Penn State felt like they were finally going to take that next step this year. Like they were going to beat Michigan or, or Ohio state, like one of them, like they were going to get, they were going to split that game. You didn't, you kind of fell into what I thought they were all year. Just a, a, a really a, a good team that benefited from a bad conference where there's only three good, really good teams there. And obviously the two teams ahead of you have, have a significant gap. Well, now you, you, you bring in Washington, you bring in Oregon, you bring in USC, you bring in UCLA, like, Penn State missed their window. They missed their window. I don't. I don't yeah. know if they go. I don't know if they go up from here. I mean, I and just I don't, don't know if they know. say the same either. I don't know. I don't. I don't know if we're talking about like How the same you, ten win team again. Well, the problem is, what does Penn State need? Uh, weapons, right? Yeah. How do you sell a weapon on going to Penn State? James Franklin now has a huge sample size of just churning out shit offense and it's weird it's well i say shit offense it's more nuanced because remember they like led the big 10 and were top 10 in the country in scoring yeah. for much of the year right yeah. it's 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 but 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 it's actually not a very dynamic or dangerous offense it's it's a classic less miles situation where yeah they're just better than the majority of the teams in their schedule so they can lean 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 and break through but if they ever cut if they ever have to square up with someone who is their own size they have no skill, and and they. And can't let's be honest too. It's not like it's not like Ole Miss is. <clears throat> excuse me. It's not like Ole Miss had this dominant defense this year. No, like let's no. Not, like, like that was that was extremely telling. That Ole Miss, who is is I mean that's been their crux, and then then is proof. There's no doubt about it. like the defense is better this year than they've been, but it ain't like this this almighty Alabama, Michigan, Ohio State, Georgia defense that you just ran into yesterday. And I know you're missing one of your offensive tackles, but other than that, like you had the majority of your offense and you still couldn't really produce. And, and it's not that James Franklin's bad because it's hard to win 10 games every single year, but like 
this was a bowl between two head coaches that needed to prove that they could break through to the next level. Um, Lane has now, Lane never had a signature win before. He has two now, right? I would say beating LSU was, uh, was, was kind of one earlier this year, but then this is a big one. Top 10 win, big bowl game, uh, traditional power, you know, a team that's what lost like four games in the big 10 in the last two years. Uh, so Lane got that signature win. James Franklin still searching, still searching. Um, so Ole Miss looks awesome. And if you're, I, 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 there has never been a better time in Ole Miss history post integration to be an Ole Miss football fan as, uh, yeah, they look like they're going to be awesome next year. All right. Um, we still got to talk about Ohio State, Mizzou, keep this SEC hey. Big Ten train rolling, Little Maryland, all the, yeah. Before we, before we hit the, uh, the, the, the next segment here. Uh, those in the chat appreciate everyone jumping on on a early Sunday morning. Happy beginning of the new year. Uh, oh, yeah. Close to 12K. Like, actually like happy subscribe. End of, end of the current right. year. It's not really the yeah, beginning the of the new year. year. Yeah. yeah. Same thing. Whatever. You think it was worth me interrupting you to to, to correct you there? Yeah. Hit, I think hit the so. thumbs up button. I'm very glad. Hit the thumbs up button. Yeah. Hit the thumbs up button. Oh, shit. We got a lot of people watching. Nice. We do. <laughs> we do. <laughs> Hell yeah. Y'all. Welcome, welcome. I hope you're all having great days. What's everybody doing today? Um, all right, let's go. Let's hear from the DraftKings in Ohio State, Mizzou. It's parade time in Pasadena, where tradition meets college football action in one epic ball game. And with DraftKings Sportsbook, you can make every play count. New customers can score $150 instantly in bonus bets for betting just $5 on college football. So if you think this is where Michigan and Jim Harbaugh finally break through or you think the song remains the same and the Crimson Tide and Nick Saban lift the trophy once again? Either way, you play on DraftKings. So download the app now. Use the code TBOB, T-B-O-B, and new customers score 150 instantly in bonus bets for betting just 5 bucks on college football. Only on DraftKings Sportsbook with code TBOB. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash football for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. JLab has something for everyone with earbuds and headphones that are as versatile as you are. Perfect for calls, listening to podcasts, and working out. They are built for every single moment. JLab is proud to partner with Powerhouse College Athletics, UCLA, Duke, Gonzaga, Indiana, St. John's, TCU, Vanderbilt, Arkansas, Minnesota, San Diego State, and more. From lively tailgates to coaches' play calling and courtside rivalries to college athletics and IL deals, JLabs joins the action and connects with 182 million plus college sports fans nationwide. They're excited to partner with 17 D1 college schools, showcasing their passion and loyalty of fans and athletes across the United States. Whether creating cutting edge tech products, are pursuing athletic greatness, being the best takes hard work and commitment. JLab is proud to partner with schools who are showcasing the hard work 
perseverance, and even the championship celebrations across all college sports. Use code SNAPS25 for 25% off your order. Visit JLab.com to find your kind of tech. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Black Buffalo products are intended for adults age 21 and older who are consumers of nicotine or tobacco. If you're an adult age 21 and older and use nicotine or tobacco, I want to tell you about an American-made success story in Black Buffalo's award-winning nicotine pouches. Black Buffalo's nicotine pouches are not owned by Big Tobacco. They're an independent company proudly built right here in the USA for 21 and over adult consumers. Black Buffalo was built by dippers with decades of smokeless tobacco use. They believed the market wanted tobacco alternative nicotine products that offered the best of both worlds. Bold flavor, full pouches. What are they made of? It's pretty simple. Cured edible green leaves, food grade ingredients, and pharmaceutical grade nicotine. Most importantly, there's no tobacco leaf or stem. All proudly made right here in the USA. So if you're 21 and older, consume nicotine or tobacco, and want to join the Black Buffalo Herd, head over to blackbuffalo.com to learn more. You can order nicotine pouches online, and they ship directly to most states. Or check out the store locator to purchase pouches at thousands of retail locations around the country. Black Buffalo Tobacco Alternative. Bold flavor, full pouches. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slammed up. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. How about Mizzou, dude? The SEC Big Ten Invitational continues. This time, it's Ryan Day in Ohio State against Eli Drinkwitz in Mizzou. And granted, Ohio State, um, no Kyle McCord. I mean, they they had a starting quarterback wearing number 33. It's uh, it's always a bit of a red flag. Well, then he got hurt, too. He got hurt, too. Yeah, no, I know, I know, I know. But that was kind of a bummer, though, because I was really loving the fact that there was a quarterback wearing 33. But um, defensive battle here. Uh, credit to the Buckeye defense, right? And and and, it, and it's a mixed bag, so I don't have a great take here. But at the time, I was kind of like being like, you know, I had a lot of SEC fans tell me that all these Big Ten defenses were just pumped up by playing shitty offense. But like Mizzou scored on everyone, and Ohio State shut them down. Um, yeah. It's just that Ohio State's <laughs> offense could not do shit. Blake Baker's uh, Missouri Tiger defense was dominant. And then that Mizzou offense just found a way to lean, 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 lean. And then finally breakthrough at the uh, at the end of the game yeah I mean it was it was 
Ohio State was playing without their star receiver. They were their third string quarterback. They were just trying not to make a mistake. Like there was, yeah. there, I, I don't, I don't think I saw a pass down the field to maybe midway through the third quarter. It was run the football. Uh, they did, but you know, a decent amount of wildcat offense to try to try to mix it up a little bit. And it was just like, let's just sit, let's survive and and let's let our defense see if they can maybe get a turnover uh, or yeah. give us a good field position. Then maybe we can capitalize with a, with a, with the point. I don't think either team felt like they were going to run away with it. I think both teams were just kind of feeling like essentially it was a twelve round heavyweight boxing match where someone was just waiting for someone else to screw up. And Missouri finally was able to capitalize with a big explosive pass play down the field and and then punched it in for a touchdown after that. So I thought both defenses looked great. I thought both yeah. defenses looked tremendous. Yeah, I agree. They tackled well. I thought the second and third levels for both defenses tackled extremely well. They looked fast. They looked physical. It was a good game. It wasn't sexy. It wasn't like, oh my God. It was a defensive struggle. And credit to Missouri, like they didn't have the big mistake and they made the big pass play in the second half in the fourth quarter that got them in the red zone to, to eventually, you know, punch through and get Which, the touchdown. To be honest, I think Mizzou should have been the favorite here. I get why they yeah. won, but oh, they, yeah. they had way more to play for. They wanted to be there more. They had Brady Cook. They had Luther Bird. They had Cody Schrader. Like they had their guys. So um, do you view, do you, not, do you view, do you view, do you, cause I know there's a lot of Ryan Day hate right now. Yeah. Do you view do you view this Ohio State situation at all similar to Florida State? Um wait, in which way? What do you mean? Oh, like in culture? the way of like not culture. I'm just talking about like the, the way they lost. And I guess you could throw culture in there a little bit too, but like, is there any similarity in your mind from what happened with Florida State to what happened with Ohio State? Because I mean, listen, they were playing with a a shell of what they've had this entire season. Nah, I mean, the, the, but but again, the, the the Florida State is even more extreme. Look, Ohio State could have won this game, right? You yeah. you could play you could play that FSU Georgia game one thousand times, and I struggle to answer that. I could even find one scenario like we might need to get the Infinity Stones here together and run through all the different realities. That might be the only way to find the one in which Florida State would have beaten that Georgia team yesterday. Like Ohio State, you play this game ten times. Ohio State wins us four, maybe. Maybe yeah. three, yeah. like, like, so I, I don't know. I, I think it's a mad thing. It's a mixture. A couple of things, like Missouri, like people just don't want to give them credit. Like that's a damn good football team. Yeah, that's a team that, like, if if it was a twelve team playoff and Missouri's in it, that's a team that I I don't want to play. No. You look at their losses this year. Like they they had Georgia on the ropes before, like that weird interception, and they had a chance to drive the ball no. down the field to maybe maybe have that game. Like they were in it in Athens, and they've been kind of. Besides Alabama being Georgia, the only team that has really given Georgia issues over the past two years, that's a really good offense with with maybe one of the best running backs in the SEC and one of the best running backs in the season this year in Cody Schrader. Great talent the receiving position. You have a, a quarterback that I thought yesterday, you know, or two days ago, showed off his legs a little bit. Like Brady Cook's ability to run was one of the big factors why they won that game versus Ohio State. Then a defense that's really good at all three levels. Like that's a damn good football team. Yeah. Yeah, and they'll be damn good next year. I mean, they're adding yeah. talent. They're returning players. They lose Schrader, but they add Marcus Carroll. Like, yeah. Mizzou they bring really back they bring back uh, Luther Burden. They bring back Brady Cook. Yeah. Um, a lot of similarities to Ole Miss. Uh, two teams that, I mean, I, it's impossible. It is impossible not to think about the Littlefinger quote from Game of Thrones, when I look at the rise of Ole Miss and, and, and Mizzou, where he says chaos is a ladder, right? And basically, if you are someone that in the 
social hierarchy that's been developed over hundreds. Like if, if you are someone that has traditionally struggled to break through, well, all of a sudden in chaos, there lies the opportunity and drink wits and and Kiffin have taken full advantage. And now it's crazy because both guys are just good this year, but both guys yeah. feel like it's sustainable, uh, mm-hmm. at least through this quarterback, right? For Kiffin, you got to feel better. Um, the fact that he's done it with now Matt Corral and Jackson Dart. Now it's up to once you get past Brady Cook, and that's in the far-flung future, but can like drink what's – it's the same thing you want to see out of Washington with Kalen DeBoer next year. Like I know Kalen yeah. DeBoer's a dog. Like I know he's going to have – He's going to put together a good, he will never put together a bad football team, but will they be competing for championships between multiple quarterbacks? That's what I got to see. Um, well, well, let me last, last thought real quick. On, on well, I want to talk about Ryan. I want to talk about, well, I want to, oh, no, yeah, no, 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 no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I want to just before we move on to Ryan Day, this was, we talked about at the beginning of the season. Like there was a, there was a couple teams in the SEC that had to make a statement this year because, like you said, like they had to, ride that momentum into this new wave, a new era of college football. Like you couldn't fall behind if you weren't a big brand. Ole Miss was one of them Mm -hmm. and Missouri was another one. I kind of had Kentucky in there as well, but like two of those teams were on display (laughs) yesterday and it obviously Kentucky had the, the, the rough loss to Clemson and kind of, you know, they're in in limbo right now. What? These two teams didn't beat a team with a winning record. Are you sure? I know it's crazy, but but like this was a huge year for 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 Eli. I mean, six and seven last year. If they would have pulled off a seven and five season this year with Texas and Oklahoma, you know, two teams that are similar geographic to where you recruit to, <laughs> this new era of the SEC, like that would have been bad. Like now, all of a sudden, he's built momentum. He's got another five star high school kid. They've hit the portal really well. Like he has utilized this season to to build something that I do believe is sustainable. Is it a 10 win team every year? I don't I want to go that far, but is it a team that's going to be hovering between eight to ten wins year and for the next three or four years? Possibly. And I think Lane's done the same thing at Ole Miss and has capitalized on the success of this year to really hit the high school and portal to 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 allow to lengthen this run for another couple of years. Um uh so okay here's my deal with Ryan Day. Uh, did his stock take a hit this year? Absolutely. Um, and there is a cruel irony that they finally had a tough and actually badass defense this year in a year in which the offense just sucked. Like if you combined a lot of the, like the previous five or six Ohio state offenses with this Ohio state defense, I think you probably win a national championship. I mean, that's the other part about this. Remember Ryan day He's one year removed from being one play away from essentially yeah. winning a natty. And so I don't want to go. Uh, I, 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 I don't want to go. Like, I, I feel like we've gone too far in the Ryan day sucks. I think it was a rough he year. Doesn't suck. Uh, I'm going to give him the bit of the doubt. It is kind of funny as Emil points out that his now career losses there are to uh, Clemson, Alabama, Michigan, Georgia, and Mizzou. Mizzou breaking through, uh, but no, I think. Look, I well, it's it funny. It's funny. Like the, the one thing they were missing is for 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 years now has been a defense, and they finally had that. Yeah, but the one, the one thing ironic. they've always had, but the one thing they've always had has been a quarterback, and that's been that was the one thing that held them back from being the best. I I told you this a bit. I felt Ohio State may have had the best roster in America this year because of the defense, because of the offensive talent, you know, Henderson and the receivers, but they didn't have a quarterback. Yeah, the one thing that you have built your program well, around was the quarterback spot, 
and you didn't have the defense. Well, you had the defense this year, but finally, you, this was a, you didn't have the quarterback. And uh, just and and, and to be fair, it's it's the quarterback to a standard that is unlike anywhere else in the country. In that, like, if you put uh, if you were to put Kyle McCord and his stats on Nebraska, they would have static. They probably yeah, but those stats those stats were because of who he had at receiver and what the oh, offense. No, 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 no doubt, no doubt, no, no, no. Okay, yeah, I, I don't want to be misconstrued here. All I'm there's saying a reason like, why he's going to Syracuse, T. Bob. There's oh, no, a reason no, why know, he's going to Syracuse. All I'm saying is it's not like McCord's awful, like twenty four touchdowns, six picks. Like, that's pretty good. But what you got to understand is last year Stroud threw forty one. She threw forty four the year before that. Justin Fields threw forty one. Dwayne Haskins threw fifty. Like we're used to, we're used to Ohio State quarterbacks just tripping and stumbling in a forty to fifty touchdown. So yeah. it was a, we're talking about a fifty percent decrease in production from yeah. that position, and that's well, not going to be how you get over Michigan or or win and, win the Natty. Yeah, and Taylor Russell said it well too. Ohio State an average O line this season, and I think it was on full display versus Missouri. Like Missouri, the amount of times that I saw a free yeah, rusher off the edge. Do. We're like they they just and then it, it could it, it, you put that on the quarterback a little bit too and you're you're playing young young inexperienced quarterback you're on your third string quarterback at one point in the game for actually for the majority of the game like that you put that on them to redeclare the Mike linebacker to put the offense line in a situation to block guys and I mean I I, I could I could even count on two hands probably bolt me and more than that the amount of times Missouri had a free rusher in the quarterback's face because of lack of communication with the offensive line. You know, they had some success in the outside running game, but really not downhill consistently. So, like, yeah, like, the offense line was average, but I still think the major glaring weakness was the quarterback spot. McCord was not good enough on a on a really good football team to push them through to to, to put them in the playoffs. Yeah. yeah and, and but, but that thing, I'll bet on Ryan Day. Oh, yeah. To figure it out a quarterback. Like, Whoa. I'm not, like, I'm not, I'm not bailing. But does it concern you at all that he hasn't gotten anyone in the portal? with what we saw from the quarterbacks in that game. Cause like that to me is a worry. Cause I feel mm, like he felt point. like he was pretty confident that like, it is a good point. I mean, they, I know they are in the running for, for what's his name from Oregon state. And it doesn't look like he's going there. Maybe that changes like after you, but DJ, you wouldn't make me feel like, no, Oh my God, they're going to be awesome now either. I'm just saying watching those two guys and knowing that, that, that McCord was a starting quarterback because those other guys couldn't beat him out. And you're not going to hit the portal does not give me confidence that Ohio State is going to be a contender next year. So here we've talked about two big games: SEC, Big Ten, and then there was a third: Maryland, Auburn. Uh, Maryland carrying the Big Ten on its back. I'm mm. pissed. I had Maryland winning this, and somebody told me Talia wasn't playing. I was like, okay, fuck it, I'll roll with Auburn. Mm-hmm. How the fuck this Auburn team had Alabama won? I, I just, it, I, I do not know. It truly is the darkest of Jordan Hare Taliban magic because this Auburn team looks like shit when they look bad. Uh, I mean, the New Mexico State game, now a Maryland team. Credit to Maryland. It's a big win. This is great for Loxley Company. But uh, I don't have much to say here except that I want to like, you can be thoughts that you have on the game. And, and, what, and if you wanted to get like grades and Hugh Freeze in year one, but um, I want to more look at what did we learn SEC Big Ten over this weekend, and then does it apply to these games coming up tomorrow? Well, I think what we the same thing we just talked about with Ohio State from the quarterback spot. Like, 
Auburn needs to go get the portal and hit a quarterback. Like you got two receivers, uh, the highest ranks, two five-star receivers. You need to get a quarterback. Like, like I know there's a lot of excitement about holding an, uh, uh, Gurner um, as a possible guy for next year. Maybe did not look great in the game. Obviously, you know what you're going to get from Payne Thorne. It's nothing electric. I think they. Like, I, I just. I. I. I have the fear that for the second straight year, Hugh Freeze is going to wait to the second round of the portal to get a quarterback, and it's going to be too late at that point. Because they have everything else. Like You have the money to go get a top-tier quarterback. You have now gone out there and gotten some talent through the portal at the receiving position. You're in the SEC. You should be able to be a little bit more competitive when it comes to bringing in a better quarterback, and he's kind of refusing to do that once again this year. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I guess it's odd. Now that you mention it, it's like in my head, I had Auburn as already getting a big time quarterback transfer or five star so signee, but that actually hasn't happened yet, has it? No, no. Oh, weird. Very weird. Very, very odd. Uh, yeah, Hugh's going to have to figure that out, dude. Go get, uh, go get Bo Nix. Hmm? Bring him back. Does he have any eligibility left? You could probably. probably challenge the NCAA at this point, just get eligibility because they can't stop shit anymore legally. Um, yeah, I agree with I agree with Keong Yoon. Those five star receivers don't mean nothing without a QB. No. Um so uh look in terms of grade, it's for Hugh Freeze year one. Uh I I you know you could give him any grade. C. I would not I would not C. give him a I would I'd give him a D. Uh he made but, it to a bowl but, game. Give him a passing grade. But okay, fine. See, see my. I, but it's a what I don't care. What, what I'm saying is I don't give a shit. Year one is a wash. Was always yeah. going to be a wash. The more impressive thing, as we've talked about in previous shows, is that he has everybody moving in the same direction. There, he's got the insanity uh, circus that are the Auburn boosters and culture all actually rowing together for it. Now it'll have to be good next year because if you don't, then all of a sudden those boosters and everything, they ain't going to want to listen to you. They ain't going to want to do what you're telling them to do. So like, he's going to have to do better next year on the field, but I give him, I give him, um, I think this year's just kind of a wash. It is what it is, but New Mexico state's an awful loss and kind of getting smoked by Maryland. Isn't great here either. Like you, that, that game should have meant something to you. Yeah. Um, all right. So did all of this action change your takes on tomorrow's game. Obviously, Washington, Texas, none of this weekend really meant anything to me. But when it comes to Alabama, Michigan, I'll be damned if this didn't kind of push me more Alabama's way. Just what? watching just watching uh, Ole, Ole Miss beat up on Pitt yeah. State like they did. And I know that's not a really great representation of Ohio State, but still watching Mizzou, what they did. Against I thought you were going to go the other State. way with Auburn getting blown out by Maryland of like, once again, like, oh my God, this was an Alabama team that almost lost and should have lost to Auburn. That's and, a, no, see, but that's valid. That's, yeah. that's the, that's the, I know. that's again, like I said the other day, the, the, the circle I can't square <laughs> is that kind of shit right there. That yeah. this Alabama team at times this year is just kind of pissed down its leg. But then you know an, an Alabama team has never pissed down its leg when it really matters. So, yeah. Hi, Enlightened Rogue. Appreciate you jumping in the chat with us today. Um, Enlightened Rogue, are you a D&D fan? Welcome. <laughs> uh, oh, he's talking shit. Uh, yeah. <laughs> hey, yeah. Get, I, no, let's read it. He says, Aaron, you should be banned from having an opinion for college football. You're the most biased knucklehead opinion on YouTube. Get a real job. 
Yes. This is a real job. Get a fucking job, job. nerd. I need you to go like hang some sheetrock or something, you little bitch. Go go do some manly stuff. Go drive a tractor, Aaron. No. Be a workman. No, I'm good. I'm good. Uh, Final thoughts on that. Like, yeah, like I I do think that there is a a significant difference at the top in the SEC and the Big Ten. Like, I think we've I think we've we've seen that. It, it's not the all the SEC because I know people are like, oh look at these other games. Like, I'm talking about the top oh, of the yeah, top yeah, SEC, top, yeah. Big Ten top. We thought were pretty equal with Ohio State and Michigan, and then obviously Georgia and, and Alabama. And I think we're seeing that like no 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 like that ceiling for the SEC is is, is higher. So it should give Alabama fans a little bit more confidence heading into tomorrow's game. Um, I agree. I, I, I agree. And even then, I mean, again, like we talked about with Colin Wilson the other day and everything else, if this was just the two teams on paper, I would take Michigan. I just can't do it because the Nick Saban factor. So, and, and I'm feeling yeah. very good. So I ended up winning so it's a couple of the only two bets and plus bets I placed this weekend ended up working out quite well. It'll miss one. And then Mizzou money line. I am feeling some Washington money line. Like mm. fuck, 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 fuck the points, dude. If you're gonna bet it, do, go just. I, I think the Huskies it's not are that close. It is not Alabama that close. Wins. Where you just say f it. I'm putting money on on Washington with the points, but like a four point spread, not a just fuck it. Let me put money line on it. Yeah, it is because they're gonna win. Okay, a better team. Just put it on it. Yeah, put it on it. I'm I'm just trying to make make. I'll put it on money, the cover. Dude. I'll put them on the cover, but I'm not gonna go as far as why risk the. Uh, the money line, but okay. The only thing that makes me feel better about Michigan is I did love all of Harbaugh's religious takes yesterday. Didn't he say Jesus would be a five star? Which led like ton of great <laughs> jokes. Like somebody was like, "No, Jesus would be a walk on water." Um, I saw another one from Spencer Hall where he was like, "Nah, pass on Jesus. He didn't. He won't pan out till he's 30. <laughs> he's, he's like the Brandon <laughs> Whedon of college football. <laughs> um, uh. Oh. Just class. If you haven't seen, God, there's another Harbaugh quote that I'm missing that was excellent. But um, either way, Jim Harbaugh was in fine form at uh, media days yesterday. Uh, Go Duck says Jesus was five five. Yeah, but he was fast, man. I'm telling yeah. you, put Jesus in the slot. Where do you think Bill Belichick learned it all? <laughs> you should have seen him in those sandals, dog. He was he was he was breaking sandals left and right. Um. Yeah. I th- okay. So I think I think Michigan and Washington, or excuse me, I think Alabama and Washington wins. Though my heart, I would love it if we ended up with Michigan Washington, shut out the SEC completely. Mm-hmm. I think regardless of what we're gonna, we're gonna get a good, we're gonna get two good games, we're gonna get a good natty. Whatever the combination is going to be, I think this is by far the best year we're gonna have of a fourteen playoff. Yeah, I hope so. Yeah. I hope so. Um. Jesus could turn double coverage into open post. <laughs> okay, that's actually. Oh, I like that quite a bit. Um, Alva Mars wanted to then K Din. Great stuff, guys. Just subbed. Hell yeah, we'd love all of you to sub. We're trying to hit 12-5 by the natty. I think we might have topped even maybe 700 live at times today. Thank you all so much. It's yeah. awesome. We love you. Oh my gosh. Okay. Now, one more here. This one's definitely the most sacrilegious to be clear i love church you know wow it's, i love wow. it Dobby says wow. jesus would nail the <laughs> jesus would nail those crossing routes <laughs> think about this guys if 
God invented humor, then he can laugh at everything, right? Okay, just say that. Chill, dude, chill. Uh, Michael Newton. Hey, guys, I just watched your Georgia FSU statement. Thank you for telling the truth. The big four of college football has turned into professional business. Yeah, well, I mean, it is. Yeah, it's being professionalized, which isn't the worst thing. Like, it's going to lead to a better product, as you even saw, I think, this season. But you mm-hmm. are going to lose some things that you that you used to um, that you used to like. <laughs> okay, actually, these jokes are hilarious, but I don't want to offend anybody else. So we're not gonna. Uh, we're not gonna. <laughs> Half of Aaron. Dobby, Dobby. <laughs> uh, for our new listeners, Aaron is half Catholic, half Jewish, <laughs> so that joke is especially funny. Uh, um, all right, all right, that'll do it. Hey, hey, hey! You know what, guys? It's my favorite joke to make. Hey, Aaron, I'll talk to you next year. Okay? I'll talk, talk to you next, next year. year. Chat, chat talk we'll you see year. you next year, dude. We'll see you next year. Hey, for real, huge thank you to everybody hanging out this year. We love doing this show, and the only way we get to keep doing it is, you know, y'all watch and listen. So it's the most fun thing that we do. A massive, massive thank you to our wonderful producer, Patrick Gunther, um, as well as everybody else. Uh, who, who, I mean, Chris Tran in the trenches with us constantly. Danny Cardenas, Christian Hunter, Adam Gracia. Our old main producer, EP, Ryan Brumley, shout out. So um, a very, very happy new year to all. Uh, Great. Oh, and we're going to be live twice or one time tomorrow? Twice. Twice tomorrow. Twice. So uh, we will be live. After each game tomorrow. Yeah. So look forward to that. And um, yeah, it's going to be a ton of fun. We'll see you for some more snaps. Happy new year. Volume. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, love at first, first listen. listen. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.